0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: This is
2: Backroom Politics. And good afternoon out there in Radio Land. It is Tuesday, which means it is time for the best political talk show you've never heard of. It is Backroom Politics Live on Blog Talk Radio from your national capital region in Washington DC joining me as they do every Tuesday she is the former attorney for then presidential candidate Hillary Clinton in 2016 in the great state of Ohio she is now an attorney in the great empire state of New York and the garden state of New Jersey she's the one that we know as Sharmila Chari hello Sharmila hi
0: Justin greetings from
2: the big jo- apple Greetings from the big, yeah, thank you, and greetings from your national capital region. Uh, Also on the line with us, as he is every Tuesday, he is the retired one-star admiral from your United States Navy, currently a resident of the Commonwealth of Virginia, soon sunshine state-bound, is the man we know as Admiral Ken Carradine. Hello, Admiral.
1: Hello, Justin. Hello, Sharmila.
2: And, uh, of course, on the radio, on the radio, as she is every Tuesday, she is from a undisclosed location somewhere between Washington and Cape Cod. She is the associate producer of Backroom Politics. She is Audra Howerton. Audrey, how are you doing?
3: I'm doing well. Oh,
2: oh there she is. She clicked back in. Nice. Well played.
3: <laughs> hey, we have a
2: ton of stuff to talk about today. i uh, all all kinds of craziness going on, from twelve billion dollars to farm aid subsidies, which nobody expected, to uh, uh, the the tapes that have uh, pretty much the White House and everybody in Washington a buzz uh, regarding the conversation that Michael Cohen recorded with. The president. Uh, We have Iran. We have a Manafort trial. We got all kinds of stuff to talk about. Let's start first with the big news that happened yesterday. Because, you know, in case you were wondering, we actually live in the United States and we like to think that we have a right to free expression. It's called the First Amendment. And one would think that that would be okay. Well, apparently, not to Donald Trump and the White House. Here's why. Yesterday, it kind of caught everybody uh, uh, by by surprise, uh, White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders told the media and the world that, in fact, that the White House was considering revoking security clearances for former CIA Director John Brennan, former Director of National Intelligence James Clapper, former FBI Director James Comey, former National Security Advisor Susan Rice, former Deputy FBI Director Andrew McCabe, and former National Security Agency Director Michael Hayden. Uh, Afterwards, because it is the Trump White House and they don't do a whole lot of background checking on what they actually put out there, two of those names have already had their clearances read out, that being uh, former FBI Director James Comey and former – Uh, Deputy Director uh, Andrew McCabe they lost their clearances the day that they were terminated from the bureau but this is amazing Uh, according to Sarah Sanders she says that they quote politicized and in some cases monetized their public service making making baseless accusations of an improper relationship with Russia is inappropriate. You know what, Sharmila? i got to tell you something. This sounds like an enemies list. Am I (laughs) off base on this?
0: Um, I'm more surprised that you're surprised, Justin. (laughs)
1: You're surprised.
0: The president has been keeping an enemies list since the day he launched his campaign. We all know that the president does not take kindly to criticism and that he remembers the people who have spoken out against him. You saw it even when they were trying to fill administration positions, right? They passed over many qualified conservatives who had decades of government experience because a lot of them had spoken critically about, You know, then candidate Trump during the campaign. So, is it any shock that now that he's got more power, he's still going after people who criticize him? Of course, it's not. He's had an enemies list from the beginning. So, I don't think that this is anything new or anything that we can, you know, be clutching our pearls about.
2: Uh, I I love the fact that you're using clutching our pearls. Okay, Uh, Admiral Ken, as as somebody who has left uh, the military, has left the service with a secure, an active security clearance. Uh, it, the bigger question is, I've heard from some people, is why do people like James Clapper, why do people like Michael Hayden, why do they still, Susan Rice, why do they need a active security clearance, particularly an active security clearance at their level?
1: So th- there are a couple of things that are going on. So there's, there's, there's the, the, the process of, of, of gaining and maintaining a security clearance. And then there is the, uh, the ability to have access to information such that you might be able to use that security clearance. So uh, security clearance background checks are expensive. Uh, They tend to last, uh, I guess, be in in effect for a number of years, anywhere from three to five years, depending on what kind of clearance they have. And uh, so when you leave the government, your your departure date may coincide with the end of that periodicity, and sometimes it may not. And so for some period of time, while you are out of government, your, your security clearance may still be in effect. That does not mean, however, that you have access to classified material. It does not mean you have the ability to discuss classified material in an open setting uh, like a a media uh, event. It does not mean that you get to come home and tell your significant other about the really cool stuff you did when you were in government if it's still classified. So at the end of the day, um, I I, I believe that this announcement by uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, which, oh, by the way, was spurred on. By Senator Rand Paul, uh, is a distraction. It's a distraction. It's to take our minds off of the craziness that went on in Helsinki. It's the it's a distraction to take our minds off of the fact that the president has all but uh, sold um, NS, uh, National Security uh, Advisor uh, Dan Coats down 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 the river, and it's a distraction from the fact that you know that there's still there there's a whole lot of stuff that's just totally untoward. About the campaign, the Trump campaign, uh, members of the campaign's association with the Russians, and the Mueller investigation. This is basically the dropping the shiny penny on the ground and watching everybody jump on it. And if it wasn't going to be this, if it's not this, I'm sure we're going to talk about it here in a minute or two. The text exchange between the leaders of Iran. This is distraction. That's all it is. Yeah. Because it makes no difference. These guys, they're not using, they're not using their security clearance um, uh, in a public setting. Uh, If anything. Uh, there might be some something to the fact that they are monetizing their prior government service, but talk about the the uh, the pot uh, calling the kettle black. Has Donald Trump disavowed uh, his his uh, um, association with his businesses? I don't think so. Right, uh, it's ridiculous. Well, it's, it's crazy. And and
2: and and, Shirmala, and and I want to come back to that point real quick, uh, Admiral Ken in a second. But you know, sharmila I mean, these are there's been routinely a tradition. Of heads of the intelligence community staying in that circle, because in many instances, because they can't just go and look at open source information, uh, the heads of these agencies may have to call their predecessors and say, "Hey, when you were doing X, how did you handle X and Y and Z at the same time?" There's a lot of uh, historical knowledge that's there, so that's why they keep their uh clearances active uh, on top of the fact uh it should be noted that there are a lot of people that have security clearances working in government contracting who were former uh former defense or former government officials um all of that being considered is is it Is it a good idea to send a bad message to the American people when we see our president revoking security clearances? They have not revoked – I mean they haven't done anything wrong. They haven't violated the National Security Act. Is it right – is it the right message that our president, who's supposed to be upholding the Constitution, is basically gigging people for utilizing their First Amendment rights?
0: Of course it's not. But, you know, as as Ken so eloquently said, it doesn't really mean anything. You know, they're not imp- – these folks who the president is threatening to take away their clearance are no longer employed by government. They are all, all making livings as political pundits, um, and, you know, nothing he does can can take a, take their income source away. And, you know, if anything, it will give them more credibility on MSNBC.
2: Oh, no, no, no. Actually, let me but, just jump in real quick. Let me just jump in real quick, Sharmila. This actually hurts them monetarily.
1: I Mm-mm, mean, if yeah.
2: you, it does. Uh, it, it, look, Admiral Ken. If if I was working at one of my old employers and I had a clearance and they pulled that clearance, they canceled my clearance while I was still a consultant or still working for them. I could no longer work in that function.
1: That's if right, you were using. You, that's if you were using your clearance in the function of your job. Justin, those ahead. guys, just those like guys just, are. No, no, they're not. No, they're not. Okay. They can't be. They can't be by default. They can't be. They in order, if they were using their clearance, if they were using their clearance, they would uh, they they would be able to talk about uh, the classified material that they're seeing, and they'd be able to talk about it in a in a in a uh, in a media setting. They're not doing that.
2: They're not. They're, so, no, no, now, that, now, that's.
1: Now hold on, hold on. Now if 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 in fact um, guys like Clapper, um, Brennan are working for consulting firms that require them to have a security clearance. Yeah. Th- that you may have a point there, but they, but they the do, they day,
2: all have their own firms.
1: But, but I guess the point that the point that I'm making here is that while they may have their own firms, these guys may lose their clearance, but that doesn't mean that everybody in their firm is going to lose their clearance. It doesn't work that no, way. But
2: if, yeah. But if they lose their clearance, I mean, I mean, come on. I mean, and I don't want to go down this rabbit hole too deep, but I mean, this is really getting inside baseball, but just to clarify, if if you're James Clapper uh-huh. and you are brought in to advise uh, as an advisor to one of the agencies, whether it's DIA, NGA, any of the intelligence community members, if you are brought in because you have an expertise as being the former uh, DNI, yeah, you... Cancel his clearance. He can't make money.
1: Again, yeah, sure. You you just you just answered your own question, Justin. They're bringing him in because of his expertise, not because of his clearance level. And nine no, times out of ten, go, hold on hold, on, hold on, hold on. Let me go back to what I said before. If the job that you have requires that you view classified material, then yeah, you may be impacted. But I don't think anyone on this on on this show right now knows for a fact that that clapper or brennan or half of the, of the other folks that were mentioned are in consulting jobs that require them to use their clearance i suspect that because these guys who are senior executives uh in their respective agencies they've got managers and consultants uh line consultants that, working for them that will not lose their clearance as a point of, as, a, as a result of i want to leave
2: i want to leave it at this i know for a fact that two of them actively engage in uh, classified discussions involving skiffs as part of their consultancy on a regular basis. I know that for a while. Okay. All right. Um, okay. But anyway, regardless, but, regardless. I mean, I don't want to get too deep in that weed. But it's still retaliatory, and they know – he. But I mean, here's the thing is, Admiral Ken, y- you have a full-time job. We won't mention the company, but you have a full-time job other than doing this great radio show. Uh-huh. Did, did Could it be considered monetizing off of your government service? Why did you get this job?
1: Uh, well, mostly I'm a really nice guy, and I tell great dinner party jokes. <laughs> 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 but – but yeah, I, I would say I, I think in the strictest sense of the word, would I have been as attractive to my employer um, had I not had the the, the composite background that I had—private sector IT, public sector IT, military IT, senior level, senior senior executive level? Absolutely, I, I think those those things coming together probably uh, gave me an edge on some of my 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 uh, my competitors for the role. Is that in the strictest sense monetizing? Uh, what I've done in the government, uh, no more so than the airline pilots that are flying around uh, right now that learn how to fly in the military, no more right. so, no, no more so than the doctors that started out their medical careers as as, uh, as military physicians, uh, no more so than that. And and I and I and I basically paint uh, what what Clapper and Brennan are doing in the same light.
2: Uh, you, you do. You said you do or you do not.
1: I do. Absolutely, yeah. I do.
2: All right. Yeah. And so, so Sharma, how slippery a slope is this that we're walking down?
0: I mean, Justin, we've seen the president erode our democratic norms time and time again over the course of his presidency. And so this is just a further erosion of, you know, you saw it first with lock her up and his, you know, his overtures to become violent with protesters or punch people who disagreed with him. Um, and again, this is just further erosion of our norms of civility and the norms that we adhere to in a democratic country, where, as you said, people have the right to disagree and are not supposed to be persecuted or punished by government just for the act of disagreeing or speaking critically of the of the party in power. And so, what, what, again, what this is, hearing? I think, just a, a further erosion of this already occurring phenomenon.
1: Justin, if I might. Yeah, go ahead. Admiral Kemp. You, you, at, you, you asked Charmoyle a question. Um, you know, do Americans think that this is um, uh, a bad thing? I, I honestly think it depends based on what we've seen in the last year and a half. It depends on which Americans you ask. You know, apparently uh, guys that like Rand Paul think it's a great idea. I mean, he came up with it. So I think, you know, part of the, part of the problem, I think that – part of the problem, part of the environment – that um I think the president and his his activities have done is there's been a lowering of the bar uh, of what uh, people find uh acceptable i mean it's it's no big deal now and and so i I think that you know as as this goes on, you will continue to see uh, unfortunately uh, few profiles encouraged when it comes uh, to congressional and senatorial um, uh, uh, members. They're they not willing to stand up and challenge this guy when they know good and damn well that what he's doing is wrong. And if Barack Obama or Bill Clinton uh, had had done anything like this, they would have been calling for their heads.
2: Well, you know, it's funny you mention that because, you know, it, when we look at um, here's Michael Flynn, who was fired by the Obama administration, who goes on the Trump uh, goes on the Trump campaign and actively uh says stuff like lock her up lock her up Obama didn't pull his uh his security uh cl- uh clearance ticket uh nor did nor it, it took him being convicted or being or pleading to a deal to get a security clearance revoked To me, this seems like the ultimate level of hypocrisy.
0: Of course it is. Again,
2: Sharmila, as you say, should we really be surprised? Is it more surprising that I am grasping my pearls?
0: I think so, Justin. You've been an observer of this president for about three years, and – you see, you've seen firsthand so many times how petty and vindictive he is and how good he is at changing the subject when he wants a distraction from the other terrible thing that's in the news about him. And you see the confluence of all of that happening right now, right? We're, not, we're no longer talking about the Helsinki summit because we're talking about this nonsense. Yep.
2: Then, so, so it, it also I mean, feeds I mean, into
0: I'll... the same... It feeds into his repeated impulses that I think, you know, as, as people who... Speaking for myself, as people who want to see this president only serve war in one term, we need to find a more effective strategy to combat those and to keep and to keep the message clear and not allow ourselves to be distracted by these constant, you know, bombs that he throws.
2: But Admiral Ken, does this does this play to the base? I mean, the names we listed, I would think, would go to the base, and all of a sudden we're starting to see, oh. They're part of the deep state. They're part of the Washington inside the beltway elitist. Is this really going to break the heart of uh, the general electorate in Kansas? No. Should they be scared and, and, of it?
1: No. I, well, they should be, but I don't think I, – I, I, again, um, I, I think the thing that, that is unique about Trump's base – and Trump said it himself, and, and I didn't believe it at the time – but uh evidence to the contrary uh prevails and that's that he could stand in, in Times Square, and shoot somebody in the face and, and he'd get away with it.
0: And I think that
1: <laughs> where the base is concerned. Where the base is concerned. You know, everybody right. else everybody else is gonna scre- stand up, scream and holler. And you may get some retiring Republican congressmen or senators to maybe say something and you'll get guys like uh like my soon to be senator uh, Ru, uh, Rubio uh, saying, "Yeah, he probably shouldn't have done that, but I, I knew I knew where I knew where his head was. I mean, you'll get that kind of response, but I think, quite frankly, where the base is concerned, uh, they are with him. He, he can do no wrong."
2: And, and yet, Charla, today, you know, it 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 nobody. I mean, it was mentioned in the periphery, but we saw Attorney General Jeff Sessions at a high school leadership rally. Chanting lock her up And joking about it Like it was something like fun. This is the top law enforcement Official in the country Just throwing out there Lock her up willy nilly I mean At some point What is it going to take for The American electorate to start realizing Hey this is serious
1: stuff
0: I mean That news about Jeff Sessions made me sick to my stomach But Uh, The truth is, I don't know. I I mean, there's still a solid 60% of this country that realizes that what's going on is wrong. And a lot of that includes people who identify as Republican or conservative. So I'm not completely, I haven't lost hope that this country is, you know, gradually accepting authoritarianism. But at the same time, you do have this cache of voters who, who just fundamentally agrees. And, you know, unfortunately, and it's, not just in the realm of politics, but we've created a, a society, and we've created a, a kind of civil society where people dig in their heels on an opinion and anyone who disagree with them, disagrees with them isn't just wrong in the facts, but that person is morally wrong, right? It's not one thing. They're, it, they're evil, right? It's not one thing to say, okay, I am pro-life, I am pro-choice. You know, we, we come at this from different perspectives that we can agree to disagree and respect each other's views. No, it is literally, if you are pro-choice, you are evil, you are going to hell, you know, you want to kill all the babies, and if you're pro-life, you hate women and you are a total bigot and, you know, you're basically a fascist. So you see when this toxic dynamic has infected our society as a whole, it's not surprising that it filters up into our politics as well and that people are willing to accept it in our politics.
1: Admiral Ken. So, one of the things that uh, I, I think is is interesting about the the whole the whole um, taking away of the security clearances uh, issue is that um, the 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 main news media stories uh, 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 news media outlets are carrying this as their main story, so it has in effect uh, pushed Helsinki. Uh, off the, uh, the 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 top of the discussion points, it's down at number two or number three now, and so as long as as long as the the uh, uh, the main street media continues to show that they can be manipulated, that they are, are are predictable in their behavior, I think you will continue to see the president do things, and then you know some number of day hours or days later, do something else uh, that's not quite as bad. Or egregious, but um, but it's just bad enough to take our take our attention off the fact that this is just this is just not a good way for for people to behave, regardless of what party they're in.
2: No, 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 I I, I agree, I agree. Uh, Sharma, I mean, is this something that we can see expanding? Is is I mean, are we going to see more and more "quote unquote" enemies lists coming out of the press room? Than not in the future, you think?
0: I think that you're going to continue to see the president attack people who disagree with him and who criticize him publicly. Um, Yeah, and I think that you will see more attempts for the president to, you know, retaliate or, you know, act in some way punitively to people who disagree with him. And it's going to take really principled Democrats and, and Republicans to push back against him and say that, no, this is not how we do things in a democratically free society. Will he try? Absolutely Will he succeed? I hope not
2: Admiral Ken, do you think Congress might stand up to him? I mean, we've already heard from people like Lindsey Graham We've heard from folks like uh, Bob Corker uh, And other Republicans in uh, Congress Uh, Even even Speaker Ryan today said he was Quote-unquote, he's trolling people Which, I don't know if I want to know That my president is actively trolling people online uh, but that was a, that was a quote today from Speaker Paul Ryan. Uh, are we going to see more and more people stand up to this from the hill? Do you think, or this too shall pass?
1: I think this too shall pass. You know, a few moments ago, you you asked, you know, what's it going to take for uh, for people to to stop letting this behavior go? Um, I think one of two things: either an indictment from Mueller uh, that's got some serious weight behind it, uh, and if not that. I'd be very interested to see what would happen if um, the president ran against someone else and lost, whether he would vacate the white house honorably as he should, or would he basically find some way to uh, get, get his almost mob like following to stand up uh, and, and, uh, and, and and storm Congress with, uh, with, with, uh, with pitchforks and, uh, and torches. I I don't know, but I, I think one of those two things.
2: Yeah, I, I'm not. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm not so sure that uh, you you're, you may not be wrong on that. All right, we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we're going to talk about the uh, up, you know, the the latest on this little Twitter battle between Iran and the president. We'll talk about that. This is backroom politics live on Blog Talk Radio from your nation's capital, Washington D.C. We'll be back in three minutes. Stay with us. politics and we're back here on the tuesday it is the best political talk show you've never heard of it is backroom politics live on blog talk radio i am your host and moderator justin russell joining me sharma Chari from new york city and ken caradine here in the national capital region and at an undisclosed location somewhere in cape cod is our associate producer audrey howerton hey a uh, little bit of a news flash on this one we are going to be doing only an hour, or, or, yeah, we're only going to be doing an hour today. Uh, we've got some issues that we have to deal with internally, housekeeping, good stuff for the future, but we're only going to be doing an hour show today. But joining us from an undisclosed location in Washington, D.C. is the man that we know as Dan Lipner Esquire. Hey, Dan, how are you?
3: I am very saddened. I can't buy my latest Ivanka Trump fashions anymore since she's closing her business.
2: Oh yeah, that's right. I guess I sh- I guess we should do that. Uh Sharmila, I know as a purveyor of high fashion, you do a lot of Ivanka Trump shopping. You I know you are in possession of a lot cuz you are fashionable that way.
0: I am. <laughs> actually that's why I'm fashionable it's because I don't own a bunch of Ivanka Trump clothing Hi-yo.
1: hey well the disdain,
2: the disdain I just got was just awesome from that I'm gonna pay for that one aren't I Sharmila?
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah I know that laugh okay anyway Dan wears her shoes. uh what's that
1: Dan wears her shoes uh well true.
2: Yeah, I've seen
1: that's, him that's, that's
2: i yeah, that's true Anyway. Can we talk about a serious subject? I can't wait till we get back into a studio here shortly. Uh okay, so uh in case you haven't noticed, because usually when you hear the words Twitter war, uh a Twitter spat, you think of Kardashians, you think of uh C List rap stars, you think of uh defunct ball players or uh c-list celebrities
0: that you is not never... true i think of donald trump
2: well uh, again
3: <laughs> the first person for, i for think for about
2: my win.
0: thank you for <laughs> taking <laughs> my way
3: one of my buddies that i play basketball with said quote yo trump's got better twitter game than a rapper yo
2: <laughs> I, is that something you really want to hear dan is tell me is that something you really want to know
3: not something I want to know, but it was said by somebody who knows a lot more about it than me.
2: <laughs> okay. So let's go back to this. So yesterday the president had, had put out a Twitter in all caps, or mostly all caps. It wasn't all caps because he started off to Iranian President Rouhani. And i want to read the tweet, quote, verbatim. Uh, president Trump tweeted Sunday night at 1124, because that's what you do it. Sunday at 11:24 at night when you're the president quote to Iranian president Rouhani never ever threaten the United States again or you will suffer consequences the likes of which few throughout history have ever suffered before we are no longer a country that will stand for your demented words of violence and death be cautious and uh the great thing about it is the uh, for, the Foreign Minister for Iran tweeted back, uh, Foreign Minister Mohammad Javed Zarifif says, Color us unimpressed, again, all quotes. The world heard even harsher bluster a few months ago, and Iranians have heard them, albeit more civilized ones, for 40 years. We've been around for millennia and seen the fall of empires, including our own, which lasted more than a life of some countries, be cautious. So we're now in a full on Kardashian esque Twitter war with Iran. Um, let me start off with you on this one, Sharmila. Sharmila, you are kind of giving the impression that this is a little bit of tail wagging dog going on. You agree?
0: Um. I'm not sure what you mean by tail-wagging dog, but I think, again, we've seen this movie before. (laughs) The president (laughs) did the exact same thing with North Korea.
2: And by the way, Sharma, you know what the name of that movie was? Wagging the the Dog. dog. Yeah.
0: Yes. Um, (laughs) Right, again, we've seen this. The president did the same thing with North Korea, did the same thing with Russia. He is, again, very fond of making fiery proclamations on Twitter and then not following up at all. So, again, but again, I think that this is a convenient distraction for him, considering that, you know, Iran hadn't really been in the news lately, uh, you know, again, to distract from the fallout from his Helsinki summit, which, you know, is still getting universal jeers.
1: So whether or not this
0: actually leads to a ratcheting up of hostilities, I think is doubtful. I also don't know how how relationships between the U S and Iran could be lower than they are currently.
2: But Dan, Lindner, I, I mean, you have a theory. Oh, I'm sorry. Admiral Ken, go ahead.
1: I, I have a theory. What's that? So, so, you, so maybe, maybe it's just because I, I've, I've basically kind of been immersing myself in all things. Trump, since I'm moving into a very red portion of Florida here real soon, but I, here's the theory. So we go back to Helsinki and that 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 pusillanimous display uh, put on by the president standing next to Vladimir Putin. So we we we, we get our attention to uh, turned away from that with the aforementioned or discussed um, re- revocation of security clearances. And he starts throwing barbs at uh, at Iran. Well, um, we don't have any influence in the area anymore. I mean, for the most part, you know, we we we've we've basically told our NATO allies to go take a hike. Uh, we've insulted, you know, just about everybody that we were friends with, except for maybe the Saudis. But what is the one border country next to Iran that we're trying to that the president is trying to build a relationship with? And if he's successful, he's got a really good partner in keeping Iran contained. Turkey. Who's that? Russia. Uh Vladimir Putin is his friend, his buddy. He can turn the he can turn to him to say, "Help me, help me, uh, keep uh, keep the, the, those Iranians under control." It, yeah, it makes
3: problem, the, the problem with that logic is the Russians are already dealing with their Iranians. I believe one of their their nuclear plants was Russian built, which should fill all of us with great well, Dan, joy because Dan, of Dan, their Dan, great
1: Dan, security. Dan, and, everybody, Dan, everybody on this call. Everybody on this call is smart enough to know that. But there's one person in this town who has shown a blatant disregard for basic knowledge in history.
3: No, well, well, that's true. But the, the, the part in crime being Putin has more than a passing knowledge of history as well as his global goals. Yeah. And I completely while, agree. While Donald might think uh, Putin
1: has his back. Uh, not quite like that. Again the facts already uh admitted in evidence my brother
2: yeah but but here's the thing here's the thing though and Sharma let me go to you is you know in the grand scheme of economic trade with Iran it's no secret that everybody every one of our allies is trading with Iran they're also still signatories on the uh on the joint partnership but everybody in the EU China, Russia, uh, everybody in the region is trading with Iran. And, I mean, is it it, – are we we dancing with a false sense of security thinking that uh, we're going to have some sort of true influence in the way that Iran – That I mean sanctions have worked, but if everybody else starts pouring money back into Iran, our sanctions aren't going to
0: matter, or are they? Well, yeah, I think I think you bring up a good point, Justin, which is whether or not the president's actually going to follow through on his threat to essentially co-sanction anyone, any you know, U.S. ally or any signatory to the JCPOA that does not go along with the U.S. sanction regime. Um, so, so far, he we actually haven't –
2: He literally is going to pull a you're either with us or against us move
0: correct i mean he's i think he's he's been playing that card you know from the beginning and you know so far people i think this is more concerning people see him as toothless they've seen the president make all kinds of threats against russia against north korea now against iran and not actually follow through on any of them so i think that actually sends a more dangerous signal to our allies that when the that you know the us credibility is is being reduced, and when the U.S. says it's going to do something, the chance of follow-through is not that high. That, I think, gives a lot more aid and comfort to our enemies and to, to the people whose strategic interests are opposed to ours.
2: I mean, you know, it's unfortunate, Dan Lipner, that Sharmila brings up a good point that, I mean, our, our our allies and even worse our enemies. I mean, there's nothing saying that uh, President Romani just doesn't use the Ooh, big scary America defense. I mean, what are we going to do?
3: I mean, it, it, not only is it a reasonable point, uh, comparing the the lack of pushback for Trump to the huge pushback that Obama took for the, for Syria. Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, why should anyone listen to all the bluster coming from? Donald Trump. Seemingly the only thing that he did, and even then the effectiveness was questionable, was the cruise missiles launched into Syria after one of the chemical weapons attacks. That was it. I'm hard-pressed to think of anything else that worked.
2: But but one could say, or one could make the argument, Admiral Ken, that it worked with North Korea. Kim Jong-un came to the table.
0: And but they always wanted to be then, at the table.
1: Yeah, exactly. We we talked about this. Yeah, and then
0: this they stole on, the
3: silverware on their way after they left.
1: We we <laughs> talked about this on the show. We, we he he gave them exactly what they wanted, and we got we got zilch in in uh, in in return. And 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 the and the, and the rest of the world, especially the Iranians and the Russians, or wa- and the Chinese are watching this, like going, okay. We you know, we, we, we talk a lot of smack in the bar, but when it comes time to go out in the parking lot and throw down, you basically get in your car and drive off like uh, like 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 you're on a race. And that that's exactly what happened.
2: But I mean, are are we Dan Lipner losing are we losing our posture? Are we actively losing our position as the big global superpower day by day? Every time we have to deal with this.
3: Yes. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, contrast this with the George Herbert Walker Bush's uh, global coalition uh, to expel Iraq from Kuwait. Compare this even to George W. Bush's coalition of the willing to to go into Iraq post-September 11th. Compare this to the coalition that went into the former Yugoslavia to undo all of the problems that were going on there. This is us standing alone, and worse yet, everyone is just continuing along in their merry way. This has huge repercussions as far as the belief in where the United States stands as a leader of not just the Western world, but as a leader at all. I mean, it's a real problem.
2: You, you know, uh, Admiral Ken, I, 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 every time I think about this, every time I go back to this, I think of uh, that last scene in training day with Denzel Washington and Denzel Washington is there in, in, in the projects, and expecting everybody King Kong, to Kong's got tie. nothing on me. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I I get the impression that Donald Trump is quickly becoming that Denzel Washington character in Training Day is the fear that we're going to have that same situation where he's saying, "Hey, England, go blast that guy." And they're just going to look and go,
1: "I I got nothing." Um he, he he may be getting that um, uh, view from those of us who are not members of uh, his core. And, and I, I, you know, I, I really, I, I I'm not a voting Democrat. I, I never have been, but I, I can't believe that with all of the crap that we have seen um, in the last year and a half, that there's not going to be something of a blue wave. And um, I, I just can't. And and uh, and, and but you know, I, I I just I just I just can't believe it. But I uh, we'll, we'll see but, what happens.
2: But but back to Iran for a second, Charmla. Doesn't the president tweeting this? Doesn't this undermine the credibility, or even just the sheer ability of Secretary of State Mike Pompeo to not only do his job, but do his job effectively?
0: Of course it does. I mean, you've seen the president undermine his secretary of state before. I remember Rex Tillerson opening negotiations with North Korea and then the president saying, don't waste your time, Rex. So, again, the president is no stranger to undermining his own national security and his diplomatic uh, staff or the people – And, you know, the representatives of the United States, again, it's because the president has no cohesive foreign policy. He just wants to make waves. He just wants to be seen as a disruptor. And he wants And unpredictability is part of that strategy. But I think that you're seeing as you've seen the president engage the same activities over and over again with different players. You're seeing that there actually is predictability in the chaos he tries to create. And that's what's significantly reducing the U.S.'s credibility now.
2: But Dan Lipner, I mean, how long can the president survive on jazz hands politics? I mean, we, we you know, the image of I am the big disruptor, this is what is happening. Uh, it's jazz hands politics. How long can this administration survive on that? I mean, can it survive into a second term?
3: As long as he has a base that thinks the president speaking out about players kneeling at a football game. Is more important than what the president has to say about foreign policy, taxes, or just policy in general. Um, it, it, it can continue for a while. I, I, dear God, I hope not a second term, but it can continue for more than we would hope.
1: And, and you know, Justin, you know the the, the the interesting thing about this is too is that it it the, the, the foreign policy starts touching on economic policy. Very rapidly, when you start uh, going going into trade wars with different countries over over the suspicion that there's a that there's a trade imbalance or a trade deficit when there's really not one, and then we go against Republican Republican dogma uh, and start using deficit spending to basically make up for the money that's going to be lost by by uh, by private entities in this country because of the president's trade war. So as long as he's got um, the his core his core um, believers and they are active. They are vocal. They are, they are fervent in their belief. And there's not um, a a greater uh, level of of shouting from the other side. Yeah, it can go on and it will
3: actually, but but the dogma point that, that Ken's pointing out, this is where things get really creepy pretty quick that by the numbers on the Republican side of the aisle alone, the Republican, the majority of Republicans, have clicked They think trade wars are good. The canary is good. These are things that the Republican Party has never stood for in my lifetime. I took an article that saying the Republican Party hasn't stood for this since the 1930s. So it's pretty hard to say this is dogma, other than it's a cult of Trump. None of this has been the Republican Party in any of our lifetimes.
2: But, uh, but Dan Lipner, I mean, are are we literally looking, particularly on the foreign affairs side?
0: You know, the
2: the the hawkish side of the Republican Party has always managed to be attractive to uh, some right of center moderates. Uh, But if we can't even maintain our status in a hawkish stance, does that put the Republican Party at jeopardy in the midterms and in 2020?
1: That hawkish side at least had a
3: point of view that was understandable. So the hawkish point of view against the Soviet Union – was the we're going to go nose-to-nose nose and we're going to protect our allies and we're going to lead the rest of the world. You could even argue that that, uh, the, that same hawkish side was in favor of the military industrial establishment because there's an economic base in this country. And by, by keeping that going, you're, you're keeping the economy of the United States going. And not to mention, as Donald Trump has pointed out, we have the biggest, best guns in the world. And when we sell them, people want to buy them great that said you still have to have something that resembling logic behind all of the nonsense and you can't just be the bully trying to pick fights with anyone for the sake of picking fights there's more to it than that and this white house and to some extent i don't even want to blame the rest of the administration other than the fact that they seem to be spineless at, at standing up to the president uh in including Pompeo. I, I mean, I feel bad for them having to work with this guy, but at the same time, it'd be nice if they were patriots
2: and would stand up
3: this guy because it keeps getting the United States in trouble and there are going to be some serious long-term effects to it.
2: But but the, the bottom line here, Ken, is are we just tone deaf to the idea that we as... What has largely up till now be see, been seen as the major global superpower, the go to guy. Are we, I mean, are we in danger of losing that to China? Are we in danger of losing that to a stronger, more coalesced European Union?
1: Uh, I think the latter more than the former. Um, I think the Europeans have already started to um, vocally uh, make comments to the fact that they they can't count on us anymore and I think you know they're probably going to start looking to to uh, uh, countries like um, Great Britain and Germany uh, to start heading the um, i guess the uh the the, the global uh, order for freedom and liberty in the world versus us at least for the near term. And I think the, the really the really sad part about that is that, you know, it, it, it took us arguably since the end of World War uh, Two to to get to this level of prominence. And, you know, if you lose it, it may take that amount of time to get it back again. And we we reaped a, a tremendous amount of benefit um, from the alliance the, the, the alliance of old. I mean, we are the country that we are today because of that. And what I don't think a lot of uh, the president's supporters understand that while it may not be perfect, uh, they may not be as prosperous as maybe their, their their grandparents were or may not feel that level of prosperity or, or security. It's better than it could be. It's a lot better than it could be. And is, and with the right kind of focus, it could be better. It could be even better still.
2: Is Are we in a situation right now, Dan Lipner, where it's on a matter of where – Uh, It's not a matter of when we get into a very deep armed conflict. It's now just a matter of where and with who.
3: I don't think that's necessarily true, because that would also suggest that this president somehow has a spine, and that our global adversaries can't achieve their goals without firing a shot, which they are already pretty effectively doing. The Chinese have, without having to do anything, have gotten us out of. TPP, so that's they're the the biggest players on the block and they've been able to influence those negotiations more so. The Europeans uh, are left out high and dry, therefore giving the Russians that much more power on the eastern front of Europe so all of the smaller countries and even some of the larger countries such as Ukraine are out there feeling pretty nervous now because Allies that they thought they had are no longer there. The Iranians are looking at us with all of our bluster and realizing that the temperament of the United States has changed. While the president might tweet, the idea that the president can pull a coalition together to actually put troops on the ground, they must be laughing their asses off at the thought. So, yeah, why would anyone need to, to raise a shot? Uh, on their own behalf, considering
2: they're winning without it. Wow. That's, that's a disturbing point. You bring up Dan Lipner and I'm going to let that be the last word on that. Uh, I do have to, again, we're doing a one hour show today, an abbreviated show today. Uh, We've got some cool stuff happening with the show here in the next few weeks. And we want to continue on that momentum. So uh, we've got meetings today to discuss that, but we would be remiss without bringing on our associate producer from our undisclosed location, Audrey Harrington. Audrey, uh, did anybody win the parachute pool last week?
3: Not last week, no. Everyone is still employed at the White House.
2: Um, okay.
3: But there, there are rumors that Sarah Huckabee Sanders might be leaving. So
2: and who has Sarah, who had Sarah Huckabee Sanders from last week?
3: I believe it was Ken.
2: I'm, I'm pulling it? it up at the moment. Oh, okay. You should. Okay. Anyway, that being the case, we're going to let everybody else's call stand. Audrey, if you would just remind us who we had picked last week, we will let those ride. So and
3: Charm- go ahead. Ooh, do you want me to do it now?
2: Okay. Yep. Do it now.
3: Sharmila had Sean La Lawler.
2: Ken Ashley had
3: John Kelly, and Dan had Sarah Huckabee Sanders. We held Allen's over from a few weeks ago, which was Jeff Sessions. Laura had John Hutzman, and you, Justin, had Dan Coates.
2: Okay. We're going to let those ride again since we have a shortened show today, Uh, and we will monitor the situation on that. I think Dan might actually be a winner in the next week or two, but – we're gonna let that we're gonna let that hold. Uh, that being the case, uh, on behalf of myself, your host and moderator Justin Russell, uh, I want to thank Dan Lipner, Esquire, Admiral Ken Carradine, Charmlet, Chari. Uh, next week we'll have a full slate back in the house, so good active discussion points then, and we'll catch up on everything that we didn't cover this week, as well as the plethora of news that's going to happen in the next seven days. Uh, But you can always catch us on our website, www.backroompolitics.org, where you can catch our daily political roundup, Right Audrey? From the cutting room floor. Right Audrey? The daily? Okay. And you can also... (laughs) You can also find us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Backroom Politics Radio. Follow our Twitter feed at Backroom Politic. You can uh, listen to us, download us on your car or your favorite mobile device through iTunes Podcast, Google Podcast, TuneIn Radio, and a plethora of other sources where you get fine podcasts like ours and of course you can always email me justin at backroompolitics.org hey have a great week america we'll see you next tuesday bye-bye this is backroom politics